Hey, FOMO Sapiens, March is Women's History Month, and to celebrate all of the contributions of women in our society and in the business world, every episode this month features a fantastic female FOMO Sapiens. So listen into this month, we're going to have amazing new guests. They're going to tell you what they're doing, what they're building, and how they're doing it. And remember to thank the women in your life for all they have done for you and for society. FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I coined the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out, and it's why some people end up following the crowd. But we're not like them. We're part of a new species that isn't afraid to do things differently. I call us FOMO sapiens. And this is the show where you'll meet people like us, phenomenal FOMO sapiens, to learn how they find the courage and the ideas to live exceptional lives. FOMO. FOMO. Welcome back to FOMO Sapiens, the show for people who don't just follow the crowd, but instead take their own path to success in business and in life. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And today's topic is a great one. Actually, I have a very, very special guest. My guest is Whitney Johnson, and we are talking about how to grow, how to grow yourself, how to grow your team, your company. It's it's really about thinking about growth in stages so that you can actually chunk it out and do it. And I think it's a very apropos thing in this time. And in fact, we talk about this notion. Whitney has come up with a term called the great aspiration. We've been talking about the great resignation. She prefers to frame it as the great aspiration because we all want more. And to do that, we need to know how to grow. Now, let me tell you about Whitney. She is the CEO of Human Capital Consultancy Disruption Advisors, an Inc. 5000 2020 fastest growing private company in America. That's pretty good. And she's one of the 50 leading business thinkers in the world. Apparently, she's number 14, but I think, you know, I'd put her higher <laughs> as named by Thinkers 50. Now, she is an award-winning author of two books, and these books are Build a Team and Disrupt Yourself. She has almost 2 million followers on LinkedIn. She has a podcast, which is called Disrupt Yourself, and I am on that show right now, so go check out that episode. We get into it about FOMO sapiens and, and FOMO, fear of missing out, and FOBO, all of the topics that we all know and love, and she kind of looks at it from a really different, cool perspective. She's an excellent interviewer. Now, today you're going to learn Whitney's vision for what growth is about because she, she paints or sort of plots growth along an S-curve, and it has three segments to it. There's the launch point, the sweet spot, and mastery. And then when you get to mastery, you can kind of start a new curve. And we're going to talk about how to do that, how to think about FOMO and FOBO as you do that, and then how to escape the trough if you fall into the trough at some point. So we just, I really enjoyed sort of talking to her because she just, number one, has a lot of research behind what she says. But number two, it's just very easy to understand and process driven. And so you can actually apply these things in your real life. And isn't that kind of the whole point of everything? Now, I do have a small ask. In fact, after our interview, Whitney and I had both read each other's books and enjoyed them. And so she said, we should leave each other Amazon reviews. And I said, that's a good idea. And so I would ask you, if you've read my book or Whitney's, it'd be so nice of you to leave an Amazon review. I can tell you it is, it's hard to get people to do it. I don't know, people are busy. So I appreciate each and every one because you know, I'll tell you what, when I buy a book, I read the reviews. And so having your voice involved, having you share your view on Fear of missing out or 10% entrepreneur would just really help me and it would mean a lot. All right. And now on to the interview. As you know, I'd like to ask the same question every week. And the question is this 
What's a formative decision that you've had to make to get to where you are today? There are many. One of them is the decision that I made when I was working on Wall Street and I had been an institutional investor ranked equity analyst for eight years. I was at the top of my game. I was ranked in two different categories. And I had come across uh, The Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton Christensen. And I had been applying these ideas to products and services and thinking about stock picking. But I had this aha that this was also about me as an individual, that I could disrupt myself. And without that decision to walk away from Wall Street, to move on to an entrepreneurial path, I did end up co-founding an investment fund with him. But without that decision then to literally jump off the cliff, I don't know that I would be where I am today. How long did that take to make that decision? Because that's not a light one, I would think. No. Um, my husband would say not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> um it probably, I probably thought about it and waffled over it for, I'd say, 18 months. Was it FOBO? No. Good. No, it wasn't FOBO. It wasn't FOBO. I think it was more just, your work is really helping me be conscious about decision making. Maybe it was, you know what? It was FOBO, right? Because FOBO is the fear of better options and this inability, this paralysis of making decisions. I think there was some FOBO. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, I'm a FOBO sapiens too. There's no shame. You're in a safe space here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very safe, Patrick. <laughs> that's good. All right. Well, that's really amazing because you've gone on to do a million things and, and you know, I was just on your podcast, Disrupt Yourself. It was so fun. And so everybody, I want to just say up front, we get into some really cool, like Whitney just asks good questions. She's very thoughtful. I was taking notes. My From now on, I'll be a better interviewer, thanks to you. But you also, you know, you also created your own FOMO recently. You came up with a, a great term that I'm going to start using, which is the great aspiration. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody's talking about the great resignation. You're talking about the great aspiration as a counterpoint, really. So talk about what that means, because I think it's really captures this moment in a much more positive way. Yeah. So psychologists have found that periods of severe stress, like a pandemic, often lead to tremendous growth. And they call it post-traumatic growth, not surprisingly. Mm. When I evaluate what has happened over the past couple of years, People have discovered they've been, their lives have been disrupted. There's been tremendous upheaval. And in the process of dealing with that disruption, we have discovered how resilient we are. We have discovered that there are more possibilities out there. We've seen the world from a different point of view. And so as we go into 2022, yes, there are a lot of people resigning. And I do think that there is some element where people are burned out. But I don't know that people are resigning from. I believe that they're aspiring to. They're saying, I know that I'm more capable than I thought I was. I want more for my life. I want more for my people that I love life. 
And so I'm going to aspire and I'm going to leave this so that I can go chase whatever that is. And so that for me is why it's not the great resignation. It's a great aspiration, especially because Patrick, when you think about it as resigning, it's the sense of people giving up. People aren't giving up. We're not. We're going right. after things. Yeah, that that's right. And in fact, We've talked about on, I believe on Faux Mondays and on the show in the past about this post-traumatic growth because I read Flourish by Martin Seligman and The Happiness Mm -hmm. Advantage by Sean Acor right before pandemic. And then during pandemic, I read Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. And I was like thinking to myself, thank God I know about this because the notion of post-traumatic growth is that, you know, when something bad happens, we can come out ahead. And so it's 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 a very important framework if you if you you know kind of want to position yourself for the future, and I think that this term is one I'm going to start using because you're right we're not quitting people aren't quitters if you made it the last two years you're not a quitter but you also recognize like what wait I'm sorry my company doesn't care about me and I don't like what I do mm-hmm. guess what I have free will I'm going to go out and make a better decision. And so you've come in. It's nice because you just delivered a book to us that helps us with this, which is called Smart Growth, Mm -hmm. How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. And it's a beautiful sort of companion piece to the other work you you did. You have this book that I really love called Disrupt Yourself, which is also, I mean, you could read them together. Why? You know, I like to, we all have phone. I mean, we're FOMO sapiens. Like you could write books about 53 things. Mm -hmm. You've done a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Why this topic? Why now? Like, why did you decide to focus on this? In my prior two books, I had Disrupt Yourself and I had Build an A-Team. And I was Mm. talking about how if you want to make progress and move forward, you need to be willing to step back from who you are, to slingshot into who you want to be, basically to disrupt yourself. Mm. In both of those books, there was something called the S-curve of learning that was always running in the background. It was the supporting actor. But as I went out and I coached and I did keynote speaking and I consulted with people, they kept on saying to me, here's where I am on my S curve. And they wanted to talk about that. In fact, I remember going on Dan Pink's Pink Cast. And of all the things we could have talked about, he said, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the S curve of learning. And I realized, oh, this needs to be front and center because people are recognizing this or seeing this as something very valuable. And I, and I thought, but it's so simple. But that's why it's valuable. It's it's simple, it's visual, which makes it useful. It allows people to trace the emotional arc of their growth. And so I wanted to write this book and do a deep, deep, deep dive on the S curve of learning. FOMO. To the bay, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. 
Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. And we're going to get into the curve. It's funny. I When I first read about this S-curve, I grew up near an S-curve in Maine, in my in my hometown. In order to get to the only burger place near the lake, Mousum Lake in southern Maine, we had to go through an S-curve. And so we always call it the S-curve. And uh, do you have it? I mean, do you have an S-curve near your house? I don't, but I want you to send me a picture of that S-curve. Uh, I'll send you a picture. So anyway, I always think of that. I'm like, oh, burgers. But, but, but <laughs> that's my association. If you get but, to the top of the S-curve, your reward is a burger. All right. Exactly. That's that. actually a fair point. So I do want to get, we're going to get into that deeply today. And we're going to talk about how FOMO and FOBO kind of um, can pop up in that process mm-hmm. of growth. But I do want to start... You write, and I like this, but I was also like, I put my little skeptics hat on. You say, Mm -hmm. growth is our default setting. Now, I like that as somebody who likes to think they have a growth mindset. I'm feeling it. But is it really our, like, why do you, why is it our default setting? Because I feel like some people are like, not so growth oriented. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the truthful answer, which is, I feel it in every part of my bones that growth is our default setting. So there's there's a conviction around that that I can't prove. Mm. And neuroscience, neuroplasticity, our brains are wired to change. They're wired to change. I mean, we've mm. talked about evolution and how there are things that are evolutionarily built into our brains. And our brains are wired to change. And so there is a conviction around that that I can't explain, but there's also the neuroscience that would suggest that that's true. Now, let me go to your next question. So if growth is our default setting and we think some people aren't growing, my hypothesis is is they've stopped believing that they can grow. It doesn't mean it's not their default setting. It's just that there has been so much muck of their life, of things not working, they tried and they tried and it didn't work and they were they were just they were uh, stopped and couldn't make progress and so they just gave up but it doesn't mean it's not our default setting and so what i'm trying to accomplish in this book is to give people a map so that you can get to that place of okay i know it's going to be difficult and i'm not even sure i believe i can grow but maybe this book will help me do that okay i'll buy that i, I actually as, I, as you're talking i'm thinking about a baby and a little kid. Like that's all they do is grow, right? They're not, that's like their whole raison d'etre. And then we're curious by nature and mm-hmm. you can't, I, I can't imagine a scenario where you're like, wait, somebody is, who is curious doesn't grow in some way. Cause curiosity is like, the. we'll talk about this in a minute. It's the first stage of growth. So, mm-hmm. so I, um, I, I find that comforting actually. And it's something that I agree that some people get stuck and we need to give them a little bit of a, hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's you right now listening, by the way. I mean, we all feel that way at times. But I want to then focus on, you know, you have these this really nice image of the, the stages of growth. And there are three stages. Each has two components. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to kind of take a little trip along the S-curve with hopes of a burger at the end. Uh, <laughs> the three pickles. stages. With pickles. With pickles. Fine. We can do that. And sweet potato uh, fries or onions. That, no, not interested in that. I'm a, not, n- neither. Uh, but launch point, sweet spot, and mastery. So let's start with launch point. Mm-hmm. And what I'd love to hear, Whitney, for, for everybody listening is kind of what does that mean? Mm. What's the speed of growth at that point? Because there's different speeds at different times. Yeah. 
And then I'm giving you a lot to do here, but I know you can handle it. Mm -hmm. uh, how the FOMO and FOBO could potentially play into that segment. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do, Patrick. I'm going to outline what the curve is and the, okay. the basic idea. And then you and mm -hmm. I can riff on the, the FOMO FOBO. See, the interviewer, she is a better interviewer than me because she just fixed my interview and I appreciate that. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, we're, we're iterating as we go. So first of all, I would like for, if you're listening, is I'd like you to take a finger, your finger and trace what I'm about to do. I want you to go from left to right, do a horizontal line. That's the launch point of the curve. Then I want you to go left to right, but up this steep, sleek back, uh, kind of like a wave. That's the sweet spot of the curve. Then another line to the left to the right, horizontal, which is the mastery phase. So you've got three stages of growth. And here's what's happening in your brain. So going back to the neuroscience is whenever you start something new, your brain is running a predictive model. And it has this hypothesis of what is it going to take for me to get to the top of the curve to get my burger. So at the launch point, your brain is making lots and lots of predictions, many of which are inaccurate. And so when they're inaccurate, your brain is going to have this experience of, wow, this is, my dopamine is dropping. This isn't fun. I feel overwhelmed. I feel discouraged. I feel impatient. Can't we get through this faster? And so it's not that growth is happening. This is based on the diffusion curve of Rogers, if you're familiar with this. It's actually happening quite quickly, but because the growth is not yet apparent, it feels slow. Mm. So that is the experience that you're having at the launch point. And there are two phases there. There's the explorer phase where you're here and you're trying to figure out, do I actually want to be here? You might have chosen to be here, but you might have also been stranded here. And so you're asking yourself, do I want to stay or do I want to go? So that's the first part of the launch point. And if you think about exploring, there's a lot that you don't understand. Then you're collecting data. Okay, I think I want to stay here a little bit longer. Let me collect data, data of quantitative data. Can I get the resources that I need to actually be successful on this curve? Is the ecosystem hospitable to what it is I'm trying to do? And the qualitative data of us, do I actually want to be here? So yeah, okay, I still do. It's still in sync with my values, in sync with my identity, in sync with the fact that I believe that it's possible for me to scale this curve. So that's the launch point. The experience that you're having is slow. In the sweet spot, what's happening is your brain is still making predictions. Those predictions are increasingly accurate. You're getting upside emotional surprises, lots of dopamine. It's still hard, but it's no longer too hard. And it's easier, but it's not yet too easy. So I know that you don't love Goldilocks, but it's the Goldilocks. It's not too hard. It's not too easy. Mm, mm. So you're exhilarated. All your neurons are firing and you're getting lots of dopamine. So this is the place that growth not only is fast, it feels fast. So you've got slow and then fast. And then in mastery, what's happening is the model, you've figured it out. It's, I know you said your brother is a jazz musician. It's like a C major chord. Not mm. much to do here. You can play it. It's great, but it's not very interesting either. Getting a little bit of dopamine, but not a lot. So time passes quickly but your growth is slow. And when you understand what's happening is that the launch point is going to feel slow, so you're going to be overwhelmed. In the sweet spot, it's going to feel fast, so it's exhilarating. In mastery, your growth is slow, and so you're bored and you need a challenge. You understand the emotional arc of what is happening for you. And it gives you this map to say, all right, here's where I am. Now I know what to do next. So, 
that's the S curve. Now we'll talk about FOMO and FOBO. Yeah. I, okay. So I do want to just comment there that I, this is so valuable because I just, I've been on this curve. I bet all of us have been on this curve at one point or another. And I, and I'm, as you're talking through it, I'm like, oh, I remember that feeling. Right. And, mm. and, and if you think about the, if you draw the curve, like the launch point and the mastery are kind of flat and the sweet spot is, is like a nice, it's kind of like right. a, a rapid sort of, uh, I don't even know how to, I'm not good at uh, geometry. Yeah. I'm terrible at geometry. So I don't know what it looks like, but, but, um, I want to go to the launch point and focus there first because for folks who are thinking, okay, sounds good. Like it, but I am in a job I don't like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I want to do next. Whoa. And so this is where, you know, you have the explorer and the collector. So let's talk about just getting going on the curve and then we'll, you know, we can obviously talk about FOMO and FOBO because they're going to yeah. be there too. Yeah. All right. So there are a, a, a few things. First of all, when you know that you're, when you know that that's what the launch point is like, mm. when you know that you're going to feel overwhelmed and uncomfortable, that normalizes the experience and it makes it much easier to navigate because you can say, it's not me. It's just, or it is me, but it's not, this is normal. So if you start a new job and every single day you come home from work or just go downstairs and think, I, I thought this was a good idea, but now I'm not so sure, you can say, oh no, I'm just having a launch point experience. This is normal. So um, so there, there's that element of it. Now you, you mentioned the thing of, I don't really know if I like this job. Do you want me to go there? Or do you want me just to say, I think I want to be here, but I'm trying to figure out how to navigate it. No, I think people are ready to aspire. So they're like, I'm okay. out of here, We're but aspiring. I got to figure out where I'm going. Okay. All right. So when you're trying to figure out where you're going, first of all, know it's going to be uncomfortable. Now from an explorer phase standpoint, some questions that you want to ask yourself as you're looking at your various options, making those decisions, you can use this rubric. Number one is you ask yourself, do I believe that I can do this? And I, you don't need to believe that you can do it now. You need to believe that you can believe that you can do it, which is very important because you may not yet, but mm-hmm. you can trust that you can get there. You can aspire to that. Another question that you want to ask yourself is, is it familiar enough that I can navigate it, but novel enough that it's worth doing? It's worth doing this new thing. Oh, yeah, it's familiar. Yeah, I can go be, you know, be a controller at another company. Well, that would be new, but is it is it enough new? So you want to figure out this. And we look at a ratio of 85 to 95% familiar, 5 to 15% novel based okay. on, on some research from, from Brian Uzi. You want to ask yourself, is the reward worth the cost? There's there's a there's a financial cost, there's an emotional cost. We talk about jobs to be done, the functional emotional. Is the reward that you're going to get both functionally emotionally going to be worth it? And then there's some more fundamental questions of is this in line with my identity? And it may not be in line with your current identity, but are you willing to pay the price for that change in identity? Is it in line with your purpose? And is it in line with your values? And if all of those questions are in place, then it's worth continuing to explore. It's worth collecting data and deciding, can I get the resources that I need to be successful along this curve? And so those are all questions and those are steps that you can take. If you're aspiring to do something different, that's some work that you can do in order to make a decision of, yeah, that's an S-curve that I I think I want to be on. Let me do more work here. 
And that's where the FOMO can be helpful because the FOMO is the little tap on the shoulder that says, hey, you know what? You're you're stagnating here and you just saw a friend over the weekend who is working for a great company and maybe I want to go work there too and maybe I should mm -hmm. learn more about it. And you uncover, you of course, you take out the fear of missing out and you replace it with the facts about what am I missing out on? And then right. you're able to make a judgment. Right. And I think that's so valuable. And it, it, so it, that goes to the idea of exploration is mm. it's just looking around and seeing what's around you. And, and, and like you said, a little bit of FOMO can actually be very useful when you're at the launch point of the curve. Now, on the other hand, FOBO is not useful at all. Because what will happen if you have FOBO is if you get into the collector stage at all, you may stay in exploration forever. Um, but if you get into FOBO, you'll just sort of play in this morass of just not making any sorts of decisions. And so you'll never move along any S-curve and not make progress. And since we've talked about that growth is our default setting, if we're eternally in this launch point of I think there's going to be something better, not a good thing to do. And so that's why you have this podcast, because you want people to not have FOBO and make decisions and move along a curve, even if it's not the right curve. Because by the way, if you go back to disruption theory, when you are disrupting, your odds of success go up six times. So 36%, but there's still a 64% chance that when you do something new, it's not going to work. But no S-curve, no decision, and you, I think, would agree, is ever wasted. It's just not wasted. You'll learn something in the process. Yeah, it's called living, right? It's, it's so true <laughs> what you say. It's, it really is. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. FOMO. Now on our we're now I'll just say preempt I'm going to do a little preemptive strike. So in our conversation on Whitney's podcast, disrupt yourself. Whitney tried to convince me that there was a good FOBO, like in, that maybe FOBO had a positive, and then we agreed it didn't because it's no. never good. So I just want to just tell you we're never going to say FOBO helps you in growth, but I want to pass on to the sweet spot, which is the that's the part that like that's the, the exciting part because mm -hmm. you you're you're you've passed through the like uncomfortable slow you're moving into fast growth mm -hmm. it feels really good it's like the dopamine's firing as you mentioned earlier so talk about that state those two stages and and you know maybe where FOMO plays in there yeah 
All right. So in the sweet spot, you've got accelerator because mm. you've accelerated and you're moving up that steep part of the curve. And this is the place if you're looking at self-determination theory, we've kind of played with it a little bit of car. So you're ca- it's a fast car. You're competent, autonomous and related. And then you're going to move into the metamorph stage where you're almost completed your journey. So this is that place where you're moving from something that you do to who you are. You're going very fast. Here's where FOMO can be useful, but also be a challenge. Mm -hmm. It can be useful because it keeps you alert. It helps you look at what else is out there. How might you get disrupted? Do you need to course correct? Are you going down, you know, the wrong path? A little bit of it can be useful. Where it can be a major derailer is if here you are going fast, you've committed to a course, and now you start questioning your decision. And so you derail yourself. You're, you're doing very, very well. And because you're so competent at this point, right? We said you're competent, you're related. People are throwing options at you. Hey, Patrick, can you take this on? Patrick, why don't you do this? Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And there's lots of really interesting options. And so it's very important to focus at this stage and say, all right, I know they're out there and they're kind, I'm aware of them, but not to get distracted by them. Yeah, I think about that book. I think it's called My Year of Saying Yes by Shonda Rhimes, which I love that title. But the problem is if you're if every year is your year of saying yes, and many of us are like that, myself included, I have to fight against it. You you're not gonna you're unfocused and you can't you can't climb anything, mm. let alone an S curve, if you're not focused, because you're gonna trip and fall. Right. By the way, I love that book. And what I would say is that at the launch point and in mastery, you so if I said earlier, slow, fast, slow is how you grow, I would say yes, no, yes is how you grow. Because at the launch point, you mm. need to say yes. And mastery, you need to say yes. But in the sweet spot, you need to be saying a whole lot of no. Yeah, that makes sense. So you get to the top. And you know, they always say you get to the top of the mountain. And you know what I realized? Like there's nothing there, which is, I don't think that's true necessarily. But you get to the top of the mountain and you realize, okay, I've climbed the mountain. Now there's another mountain that I want to climb. And so how do you know when it's that moment to say, okay, new S-curve, let's let's jump off? Yeah. So first off, there's two parts to the, the mountain, the top of the mountain. I almost scooped myself. There's the anchor <laughs> phase, which is a very important phase that we often overlook, which is, I got to the top of the mountain. Spend a moment and celebrate. And just and, and anchor the fact that you did that. Because when you focus, back to your word, when you focus on what you're doing right, you're going to get more of it. Our brains filter for information. So that's the first thing you want to do is just take a moment and celebrate the fact that you did this. But then there's the mountaineer phase. And this is an interesting place because on the one hand, you say, well, what, what else is next? Which we do. And we want to keep climbing or jump to a new curve. But we often... Another name for the top of the S-curve is the status quo, which is really comfortable, oh, by the way. And so um, there can be the tendency to just say, well, I'll just stay here. I I don't really want to change because this is actually pretty comfortable. And so your plateau can quickly become a precipice. And you want, and that's why here I think FOMO can be useful to Mm. help be a spur to get you to move forward so that you don't stagnate, so that you do continue to grow. Now, as I listen to this, I'm thinking about traveling the S-curve, and I know that at some point you stop. And we talk about this on your pod, the notion of the trough. Everybody who's listening knows the trough because I talk about it. And uh, 
And the trough is like, how does it fit into this model? What, what happens when you're in the middle of, of one of the phases and then the trough happens and you just get tired and dispirited? What do you do? Yeah, it's a great question. So let me just um, play with this for a minute. If I think about the launch point, I think the trough is that place where it's just a slog. So you you mm. you jumped, you're on this new curve, you're on the new island, you're on a new wave, you're on a new mountain, whatever it is, and you've started. But now you realize, oh, this is hard. <laughs> and I don't have any evidence that I'm making progress. I think that's the trough yeah. um, when it comes to the launch point of the curve. I think when you're in the sweet spot, I don't know that I would describe it as the trough, but more of... You sometimes, when you're going up a mountain, you just need to rest because you mm. made the decision that this is the S curve that you want to be on, but you need to take a break and not just climb continually. You need to step back in order to grow. So I don't know that I would call it a trough of more of just, I think I need to take a rest, which by the way, some of the people that are resigning, it's not that it's not the right curve. So I, I've heard statistics that lots and lots of nurses are resigning. Mm. Most nurses... I think want to be nurses, but they're resigning because they're exhausted. And so I would say it's more of take a rest along the S curve. And then in when you get to the mountaineer phase, um, the trough would be is when you start to get complacent. But for me, when I think about as you're describing it, I think you really only hit the trough. No, actually, that's not true. You can hit the trough and just feel like, I don't know what else I need to do. I am at the top of this mountain and I don't know what's next. I've got to figure this out. I feel like I'm stagnating. So yes, you could be at the trough in mastery as well when you're not sure what to do next. Now, the book is called Smart Growth, How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. And you can find out more at smartgrowthbook.com where you can purchase the book. You can also find it, of course, on Amazon and booksellers everywhere. And of course, Whitney's podcast, which I am on right now, is called Disrupt Yourself. It's a fantastic show with amazing people, including, she told me this morning, Livingston Taylor, who I love. Uh, so go check that out and, uh, and check out the book. And Whitney Johnson, thank you so much for being here. Patrick, thanks for having me. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMO Sapiens.com. FOMO.